Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. Caravaggio, Walt Whitman, and stories as objects, with pieces that pay tribute to and reference other forms of art, even questioning their own form. This episode is a nod to art that's come before, and art that has yet to come. It's not an episode. It's a love letter. It's art criticism. It's a piece of fruit. Up first is a piece that demands attention from all of your senses. It's called Once Tasted. It was written by Carol Jean Gavin and published by Milk Candy Review on April 22nd, 2021. Enjoy. Once tasted. This is not a story; it is a piece of fruit. Pluck the paragraph, hold its weight in your palm, rub it against your cheek, let it linger under your nostrils as you inhale. Inhale with your eyes closed. Inhale. It can be any fruit that you wish. It is not a strawberry from your grandfather's garden, half eaten by birds. It is not an apple you set down in your child's lunchbox. Its tap echoing in the tunnel of your ears these twenty-something years. It is not the mango you watched your soon-to-be lover slurp from the peel and hold in her mouth like two tongues. It is not the hairy kiwi. It is a new fruit, the likes of which you have never seen before. Let your gaze be the knife. Slice the paragraph into sections. Fan them out across the plate. You know which plate. Perhaps the sentences are juicy. Possibly they are dried out, having lost all sweetness through evaporation. Select one sentence and slip it in your mouth. Bring your teeth down into it. The words squirt up against the roof of your mouth, or they seep into the soft place under your tongue, or they do nothing. Just grave there, pulpy and savorless. Choose one particular flavor, one specific word. It can be any flavor you choose. It tastes like the last time your mother said goodbye. With a wave of honeysuckle and the subtlest itch of pepper, if your eyes have closed, open them. Bring your attention to the seeds, the letters of the fruit, the R's and the B's, the X's and the E's. Pinch them from the fruit flesh, or scoop them clean, or shake them free. This is your fruit, after all, because this is. Your fruit, after all, do whatever you wish with the letters. Put them in the trash, release them into the yard, throw them out of your moving car. But save one, save one. Take the letter. Maybe it is a T, or it could be a Q. Set it in a pot and cover it in soil. Put it on your windowsill, or put it on the nightstand. Put it wherever light shines for you. Water it however you wish. It might sprout. 
It might grow. It might lie dormant for seven years, and then one day a shoot of green. It might already be dead for you. Any outcome is okay. Any outcome is perfectly fine. You are okay. You are fine. You are perfect. If your hands are sticky, let them be sticky. This is not a piece of fruit. This is a story. Carol Jean Gavin is a writer and editor whose work is forthcoming from Best Small Fictions 2021 and has appeared in places such as Stone of Madness Press, Rejection Letters, and Barrel House. You can find her on Twitter at Carol Jean Gavin or on her website at caroljeangavin.com. Next up is a poem that pairs Caravaggio with an icy horror movie, itself both art and criticism. It's called Adam Green's Frozen. It was written by Justin Philip Reed. Enjoy. This is an ekphrastic engagement with the 2010 horror film Frozen, directed by Adam Green. The fuck is up with Sean Ashmore and Ice is also the fuck up with blue-eyed people and wolves. Ashmore has an identical twin. Caravaggio's Narcissus bends a blue knee. I think it's a knee. The root of Narcissus is possibly the Greek narke for numbness. See also narcotic. A ski resort in sundown town, same time. Picnicking in the carnivore park. Rosé rude upon the powder, bones licked pure as the driven. White dads with blue eyes who work for endangered wolf centers hate this film and can't write black in killer cop poems. They go for poor. If you root for everybody black, relax. Quote, we don't quote, do that. Winter Olympics. Except Sam Jackson in Deep Blue Sea, Harold Perrineau in The Edge, both dead. And on Saturday, I bike to REI on the south side with a blue-eyed crush who speaks Patagonia, and he is 6'3", and associates unbearably helpful to him, as if even with his discount, they make well enough off the myth that there's anywhere to go in the city of Pittsburgh. Who builds a metropolis in a trailer park? Can I see myself in anyone from up here? pissing to keep my legs alive in the air, falling in love the way tenebrism drags me kicking and screaming through winter. My eyes have adjusted to the illusion of set lighting. The drop is sheer and will crease my knees like earmarks. I'm right here. I never left to get help. I like his hand at my back in a $200 jacket. Don't fucking watch when it happens. I don't look long at the cheek of the youth, but am mesmerized by the blue he will lose to the pool. His flash of taboo, attainable only this eternal once, tyrannically swelling enigmatic over time. The carnage is warranted in Caravaggio. 
brush stroke of sun sloped through the fibrous cirrus over and ergo inside silver hip of monongahela we pedaled the hot metal bridge across and with fingertips stinging in my gloves i wanted a hug you do not distinguish between turning to face a self and turning against it i want to be numb to the money in my name don't fucking come looking for me I can't die where I don't even live. Justin Philip Reed is an American writer and amateur bass guitarist whose preoccupations include horror cinema, poetic form, morphological transgressions, and uses of the grotesque. You can find him on his website at justinphilipreed.com. Our final piece features two literary figures you may know and pairs them together in a bedroom. From his book titled Intercourse, comprised of pairs of short stories recording the internal monologues transpiring within 50 couples, comes a scene between Walt Whitman and Oscar Wilde from Robert Olin Butler, who notes that the fact that Walt Whitman and Oscar Wilde had intimate relations on the latter's American tour in 1883 was previously undocumented. Enjoy. Walt Whitman, 64, poet. Oscar Wilde, 28, poet and playwright. In Whitman's bedroom, in his brother's house on Stephen Street in Camden, New Jersey, 1883. Walt. For this poet I sing, for this large boy who cast off black velvet coat, cast off pink cravat, cast off white silk shirt, cast off salmon-colored stockings. O oh, thou legs of many legs, not cast off the stockings so much as carefully peeled each and shook it out and draped it so as not to make it run. And he presents eyes now gray, now pale blue, Jaw pendulous, lips tumescent, fingers long and fondling, and he is not farmer, not ship joiner, not sawyer, not mule skinner, not coal miner or fireman or hoggreave, a hawker or lamplighter, perhaps lamplighter, with my lamp only, whose wick he puts to flame, not butcher or cobbler or cook, but poet, but young, but beautiful. My beard is white, my skin is coarse, my one arm and one leg are weak still from their stoppage long ago, and they will stop again soon, leg and arm and belly and man root and heart and mouth, but for now I sing. Oscar your body is not electric, my captain. 
It is not even a steam engine. It is a wood fire in an open field. I will say on Hampstead Heath, it is bad enough to think of the outdoors, so I will at least imagine your embers within the London city limits. But this room of yours, my dearest Walt, if only books and newspapers and fool's cap were made of porcelain and pewter and cloisonne, you would still have a distressing jumble of an antique shop. But at least one could take a breath and handle an object or two. Though do not mistake me, dear old man, I am not ungrateful as I touch you. Every pubic inch of space is a miracle. We share so much, for out in the world they speak and write of us viciously. But contempt breeds familiarity, and how sad it would be to make such grand gestures as we do make and not have the wide world to witness them. Though this private gesture is, for the moment, the grandest of all. My sweet barbarian, your beard smells not of trees, but of book paper, and we are one. I sound my nuanced yip in the parlors of the world. Robert Olin Butler has published 18 novels and six collections of short stories, one of which won the Pulitzer Prize. You can find him on Facebook at Robert Olin Butler, on Twitter at Rob T. Olin Butler, or on Instagram at Robert Olin Butler. Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers. Our social media is managed by fellow curator M.M. Kaufman, and the show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme song is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published, as well as a transcription of this episode in the show notes. Find more of our shows wherever you listen to podcasts, or check out our website at micropodcast.org, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening.